We are Science Fiction Remnant, a podcast for sci-fi lovers spanning across books, movies, TV shows, and games. This is Season 1, Episode 23, TV show The Mandalorian, Chapter 9, The Marshal, for October 31st, 2020. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Science Fiction Remnant. Thank you so much for coming back. We appreciate your support and this means a lot to us. We hope that you find this episode as exciting as it's been for us to create it for you. If you like this show and know someone who might like this podcast, please share it. It would help us greatly in growing this channel. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Remnant and share any comments you have about this podcast with your friends and family. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. So, today we decided to do something completely different. We are recording on October 30th, which is the release date for The Mandalorian. Season 1, the first, uh, chapter 9. Which season is, 2. Yeah, season 2. Uh, episode one, which is mm-hmm. chapter nine, the Marshal, um, and you're probably going to hear this on the 31st when we release the episode. Um, we decided to do this because we couldn't, we just couldn't wait. Um, we love. I'm sure everybody over here that listens to this also agrees with us. This is like one of the best shows ever. I mean, if you know what the Mandalorian is, I don't think that you. We're not waiting for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm very certain that um, the big majority of the listeners already know what this is. That this has, uh, when season one released, it was tremendous. The, 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 um, the, the success that this show had. Um, so we just couldn't wait. I mean, I've been... Um, Waiting since last year, actually, when the show came in, um, you, Giancarlo, you you watch it for, uh, like this year, basically. Yeah, I mean, I watched it what two months ago, three months ago. Yeah, and then I've been watched the shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, it wasn't a big wait like it was for us. We 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 wanted to wait. You know, we had to wait so long. To watch this for you it wasn't just you know maybe a month yeah and i mean that's the funny thing for me and it makes me laugh a little bit for you it's something like long awaited like you love star wars you know it back and forth i like star wars but i haven't even watched all the movies shame on me but <laughs> uh i started watching the mandalorian and i was like blown away by this show yeah so like that's something that fascinates me about it it's like it doesn't matter if you are crazy about star wars or not you're gonna like this show yeah yeah so uh, we're gonna do something also different um i'm gonna bank on the fact that most of you already know the mandalorian because of the tremendous success that the show had so we might not go into too much detail as to the actual you know what what the story behind is but we're just going to go and talk about what we saw and basically our reaction uh to the show to the first episode so Mm -hmm. and i would have to say this again um as you all know we do tons of spoilers so i know the show released today you'll hear this episode tomorrow 
Um, so if you haven't seen this episode, um, this is your time to pause the recording, go watch the show, and then come back to us. And Unless you like some spoilers. Yep. We hope you enjoy it, Masculine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you, your reaction. Um, I actually saw this twice. Yeah. <laughs> this, um, we are left from the last season where uh, Mando was uh, tasked with a quest of finding... Um, you know who the the, the, the Jedi kind, the the baby Yoda belongs to us. His kind, and um, he was told that he needed to find, um, I guess, a Mandalorian that would help him. You know, find those Jedi kind. Yeah, and um, so he's basically in search of other Mandalorians because since the cover in the planet where they were. Probably know the name. You know the the first. It's a new planet. Uh, the the first planet where they were at. Um, where the gill is. I, I don't think I got what the name of the planet. I know where the the following planet is. Tatu, you're a very famous yeah. Tatooine. Um, but the first planet, I'm not sure. Which, by the way, that the person that he went to see at the let's call it Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually John Leguizamo. Oh. So I don't know if, if you were familiar with that, but I found it really interesting because most of the guest appearance in this, well, most, say most, um, that they appear in the show. And I don't know if you noticed this, um, from watching the show, you don't, you can't guess who they are. Yeah. With all the makeup, if you don't recognize that voice. And even the voice. And some, yeah, no, that's the thing. Something they distorted. Uh, because of characteristics of their race they're playing or whatever. So, I mean, it can be a hit or miss situation. I, I If I would never have read or heard, that, I've actually heard that online. You would have known. No, there's no, there's no way that I would find out. So, they were, um, in, <clears throat> they were there because supposedly he has some information that Mando can, you know, uh, use to find the Jedi, or, you know, or his kind, because they haven't, I, I don't think they used the term in the whole show, the, the, the term Jedi. No, uh, actually, no, yes. I mean, in the show, uh, let me rephrase that, in the episode. In the, ep- in, the, in, the, in the current episode, no, but if, mm-hmm. since we're past that episode... Are we talking now? I don't know if you remember that the previous one, which is when they're escaping the the clan master, mm-hmm. yeah, the yeah. lady that forges everything, mm-hmm. she mentions it. Yes, yes, and that's a, that's the reason why he's actually in in this quest uh, to find. Um, so apparently, uh, this Gore Koresh, um sent Mando to. Um, uh, Tatooine for more information. So uh, apparently, um, there's he gives him a lead that there's another Mandalorian, right? Yeah, the, yeah. So, and <laughs> this fighting scene on you know, I <laughs> what is your thought? I mean, this is what I got goosebumps. Uh, where I guess the 
the people that were with the Gork Rush in the they were attacking in the Fight Club. They were attacking the, the Mandalorian. Yeah, I I got goosebumps. This I, is I what mean, a Mandalorian should look like. Exactly. No, it's like it's just one composed word that can describe the Mandalorian in its entirety. Badass. Oh yeah. Like like <laughs> the guy has a gun up the neck and then he has four other dudes pointing the blasters at him. Yeah, it's like okay, the, the guy and, and I can see how they're like we think, okay, why are you saying you're gonna like walk out of here and not killing us? Exactly. When we have all the guns on you. <laughs> exactly. So, so that that's one of the characteristics that made the character so likable by the public too. It's like he doesn't give a crap about anybody. No. <laughs> and, and I mean, every time he stands up to the reputation that Mandalorians have. Yes. Yes. And, and you know, and, and we have discussed this in the past. Um, like you said, you know, I have watched everything there is to had about Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And um, I really haven't got a glimpse, like a real glimpse of how like mandalorians you know lift fight live uh fight alone fight as a group i mean we get things like you know boba fett in the old in the older movies but um but boba fett is not a mandalorian well you know there's yeah, not even details about the creed on his yeah, behavior or yeah, anything yeah, they, or the customs technically he's a clone but you know but he's, he's my, just an imposter. Yeah. That's the truth. But my my point is this: um, we got a little glimpse. Uh, I don't. Um, I can't remember what the episode was in Clone Wars, where uh, Sabine was trying to rescue her dad. Okay. And when I saw that episode, I I just got goosebumps because you see clans fighting together, and then we get in season one on the mandalorian i can't remember what episode it was but this is the one where mando was trying to escape and um the guild decided to help him because he was being attacked by you know the the i guess the how you call it the um, the bad guys from the empire no the the ones that he would work that he used to work for the reason why he the guild got yeah the guild the yeah so that scene, when I saw that scene, I got goosebumps because it's like I'm watching what I really wanted to watch in in live action, which I only see previously in in Clone Wars. So okay, it, it, this I think this show gives you know the 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 Star Wars lover a a a previously unseen view. It's like a way to rewrite story, really, if you think about it. So it's, it's man, I and told that's you. the beauty of it. Like you had told me that, like most artists and authors, mm -hmm. they can pick up a story for Star Wars per se, and they can make their own out of it. Yeah, yeah, and and you know, there's 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 canon, um, and and there's you know what everybody writes like the some of the comic books some of the books out there but um it's it's you could almost take it as canon because most of the stuff um follows through mm -hmm. but then <laughs> when when disney got the hold of the franchise um they started making their own changes and that's what we have now the biggest separation between 
canon Star Wars and what you know everything is like what I told you um it, Luke married uh, Mary Jane mm -hmm. and they had two kids uh well in the Disney canon that's not true so they started making their own changes um I still like um I think the best way that I can explain this is for those who follow Star Trek is you know the the regular timeline and the Kevin timeline um so I don't know I mean I like them both okay uh, and, and that I, I know some of my friends that are not too happy about it but um I'm okay with it I I, I can go canon I can you know I I could follow both without any problems right but uh going back to this the he he goes into the uh, uh, Tatooine and to find, um, uh, I guess, clues as to where, you know, he needs to go and uh, find... This other Mandalorian. Exactly. Um, so he ends up, I guess he has a clue of um, this town mm -hmm. that no longer, I guess, no longer six in a map. Um, it's uh, most Paul Palgo, I think it is. It, it's it, near most Astley, I guess. Most Pelgo, that's what it is. So he journeys to this town. Now, <laughs> the interesting thing is, and I don't know if you noticed this, uh, Giancarlos, when he walked into the town, don't you get it like a little reminisce of a western? Yeah, actually, to be honest with you, <laughs> that's a great observation. Is is um, I don't know. I mean, I, I saw it right away. Uh, he walked in the, in here, and he it's kind of like reminds me of like, you know, with this outlaw just walked into town on a horse, and everybody's just looking at him, and he's looking around. <laughs> and where he walks in into a bar, cantina. Yep. And um, and who's the next person that comes in after him? Well, that's the thing. He's like looking, he walks into the cantina and he has a guy, okay, you know, I'm looking for someone that looks like me. And that's when we are presented with, you know, what I thought at the time. And I had to kind of double take there. It's like, okay, Boba Fett. At first I was excited. It's like, okay. And then I was thinking, okay, hold on a second. Um, he should be older. Two. Um, didn't he die? <laughs> well, because <laughs> uh, uh, he he died by the, um, one of the you know the the I call it a sandworm, um, Salak I think it's called. But but that's the thing he could have not died. You saw we're gonna talk in a little bit about like the development of the mission statement throughout the episode that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But it seems that not necessarily could have died. Hmm. I can't interpret that much just by thinking about those things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we we I you know going back to what I was what I started saying. Um, once he sits down and takes his helmet off, then I realize okay, uh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and he obviously says his name. Um. Um, I think it was uh, Cobb Banth. I do not remember. I can tell you that it was mentioned by the bad guy of the Republicans 
in the last episode see someone. Mm. He calls him up. This is the reason why Mandalorian uh, believes that he might be there even from before the purge happened on his planet. Yeah, he's, um, as, as a matter of fact, he's the reason why that town exists. Because after the second Death Star uh, is destroyed, um, you know, they, they finally freed themselves from the Empire. The Empire ret- uh, retreated. Um, so there were, and you know, if, 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 if you know about Star Wars, you know, Tantui is a, is a planet of basically slaves. So mm-hmm. the, the, the powerful. Just like Anakin was found. Yeah. So the powerful always, you know, gets more powerful. Everybody else gets the, the slaves. So they, these people were slaves by the empire when the empire receded out of that planet. Now we have the mining, uh, group taking over uh, at gunpoint. So uh, this person uh, is responsible for this town because when this happened, he, um, he escaped. Okay. He, um, I guess he escaped with their loot. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he found the Yawas and um, they wanted those, uh, the loot that he got, wanted so bad. So they're offering all this stuff and he noticed the um, armor, the Vesper armor from uh, Boba Fett. All right. So he got an idea where he can go back to town and I guess pretending to be a Mandalorian because a Mandalorian has that, that you know, fame. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, think about it. Every time that he comes to a new bounty hunter, that's the first thing they tell him. It's about how much great things I hear about him. Exactly. So he, he's banking on the, uh, he, he got a hold of the armor, and he's banking on their, um, the armor's, um, you know, story. Okay. You know, what people know of the Mandalorians. And that's how he's able, not only that, but he's really good in his, you know, using, obviously, I mean, he's, um, uh, he was like a sheriff. Okay. So, but at any point, he was really good defending this town and now he has the vesper to help him do this and he was able to free the town from um the, the mining group that was trying to get them as um slaves for that yeah so now we have mando comes into town and he sees him wearing the armor he is no mandalorian so creed says that he needs to return that to either the rightful owner or back to the Mandalorians. Hmm. And that's where the issue starts. Um, he, and I don't know, this is another, another thing too that I noticed. When they stood up and it's like, okay, uh, you take it off. And now we have a dilemma because this, is, this armor is the reason why he's able to keep the town safe. Mm-hmm. So now you have Mando coming in and asking for the armor back. He, he'll take the, the armor back. Now he doesn't have a way to protect the town. So he has a dilemma. And now we have a standoff. Mm-hmm. Um, that standoff, it was very similar to the, I don't know if you've seen this old movie. Um, it's the, the bad, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It, it actually rings a bell. 
yeah, um, it's, it's a really, really, um, it's an old movie. Um, but that scene, I'm not, I'm not sure if it was intentionally or not, but I mean, even the shaking when he was grabbing the, you know, trying to grab the, the shooter, um, everything was very similar. Yeah, that's true. So I think it was Clint Eastwood in that movie. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. The, the, so when I looked at that, I was like, oh, there you go. This is <laughs> so everything is like it's like we're almost watching a western, which is you know I, I was it was nice. And I wouldn't say only that. If you think about it, that's something that kind of gets me excited about new shows. Their quality, it's literally competing with movies. Like the quality of many good TV shows have nothing to envy to a lack of. Uh, the same kind of content, you know? Well, you know, I was kind of wondering about that because there's only eight episodes on, on, on this show. I wonder if they are going uh, for quality instead of quantity because the quality is amazing. Yes. It, it's, it's a Star Wars movie every episode. And that's, that's what I love about it. It's like when you look at it, you're looking at something that has the same quality that a film. Mm-hmm, it's it's mm-hmm. not just a TV show, so it's excusable that you're going to see some things that they don't look as good as in the movie. No, they took it a step further. They're like, screw that shit. Mm-hmm. We're going to make everything that you're going to consume from us, all our products, they come with that top quality all the time. Yeah. So, and that's that's kind of amazing. And it keeps customers actually pumped about. And we're talking about the music, too. Yeah. And, and they're even doing what they do on the Star Wars movies. So where you have a, a piece of music that is written for a character. So mm-hmm. there's, if, if you follow Star Wars, you know there, there's a specific music that when you hear it, you know, it's Darth Vader. There's another one that is Luke. There's another one that is Leia. All right. And the newer ones, there's one that is Rey. So in here, and of course they did this from season one too, but it, it, you can't ignore it. When you hear that score, you think Mando. Yeah, it's very it, it's iconic. You it know? is. It is actually it is. So I mean, they're following the, the the same you know recipe, and and I think what this show, why this show is so. Uh, you know, aside from, you know, being good enough that people that never follow Star Wars will pick it up. It might get some people initiating on it. Exactly. It, it, it's, it, it also provides fan service. That's true. So it gives you, like, Easter eggs and, and from, from, the, from the actual Star Wars uh, movies. Um, it's, so, like, for example, what I just, what it, what I just thought uh, earlier, about we now get a glimpse of a Mandalorian aside from the Clone Wars. Yeah. In real life, you know, like life action. And that's something that I always wanted to see. And, well, let me not say it just me. I'm sure there's a lot of people, after you saw for the first time Boba Fett and the movies, Mm -hmm. because I don't know if you noticed it, but Boba Fett was one of the most um, iconic figures and and 
love character believe it or not even though which i really? always yeah i always found that to be really odd because he looks huge. he's really not a hero he nonetheless romantic he might be a little villainous but i don't think he's a villain um, yeah that's not a good quality <laughs> so, villainous. exactly so but if you you know when once uh like episode four five and six um, you see little kids in Halloween dressing up Buffa Fett. Yeah, that's true. It's just like, you know, it's, and he, it wasn't like he was, <laughs> he didn't even have big dialogue in the movie. Mm -hmm. So it, that, the concept of the Mandalorian, um, it, it was it actually provided hunger. Okay. So I, I think that's the reason why maybe in the Clone Wars, they opened it up a little more. And they gave me stuff that I wanted to see uh, for the longest time in the Clone Wars. But still, it's kind of nice to be able to see it in live action format. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree with that. So, they go to, um, to this town. And now, I guess this town has two problems. Uh, Tusken Raiders. They're being raiding them, and they have this... Um, Leviathan. Yeah, this Le Leviathan is... Uh, it's like a giant sand dragon. Like, imagine yeah. some big shit that can actually swim <laughs> in the sand. This one is uh, uh, the Crate Dragon. Um, it, apparently, it's either bigger or more vicious than that Simon. Oh, my Salak. God, bro. Like, it makes, it makes Moby Dick look like a puppy. Because it was kind of funny because we were talking about, you know, the, the empty hollow cave. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, the, you can't have a hollow cave if you have the, you know, the Salak, I think is, I always forget That's the name. <laughs> and it's like, well, he ate it. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with this, but uh, what I like to call the sandworm is um, when uh, Luke went to rescue Han uh, from uh, Jabba the Hutt. Um, and they had Leia in this uh, slave um, swimsuit or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they the went out to this... legendary sexy outfit of yeah. Leia. <laughs> that legendary. Um, and they go on to this, into the sand dunes and they had to fight this huge monster with tentacles and teeth under the sand is what... Yeah, this thing was huge. And I think that's what they called it. Salak? I call it sandworm, but this is what the crate dragon ate. Hmm. That's <laughs> yeah. I've noticed it's not something terrible, but I've noticed some disconnects from our logic about the show, mm -hmm. which are the questions that I bring up. But other than that, like quality content and everything else that comes in the show, uh, I think it's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, another thing that I noticed too, when Mando was looking through, let's call it spyglass. Okay. This is uh, the one that he was looking down. Um, and I'm only mentioning this, you've seen episode, uh, four or five, uh, yeah. mostly episode four with yeah. Luke when he was uh, young. Um, that is the same scope they used. Like, not necessarily, the, I'm not saying the same scope, same but model, the, looks the view, similar. the inside of the, of the spyglass is that iconic look 
for, for from the, the telescope that they use in episode four. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, you know, that's, there's a lot, like I said, there's, this is fan service, the, 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 the episode. And they just give you all this, they, and, and you just can't help being, you know, like if, especially if you're a fanboy and yeah. you look at all this stuff, it's just really, really exciting. So they, they go and they try to kill the, 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 the Kray dragon. Yeah. And, um, I of mean, course, they don't succeed on it. <laughs> but that, that fighting scene, oh, um, again, <laughs> this, um, the, the sheriff, Cub Banth, is obviously not a Mandalorian. But uh, every time I see them flying through the air, it's it, it just, I just get, I just get goosebumps. I, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but um, it, it's something that I always wanted to see since I was. Um, and this yeah. is in a regular plane, right? Yeah. The, no, the, the, you know, when they went into oh, okay. uh, fight a Kray Dragon, um, this is a scene when the Kray Dragon was actually uh, the, uh, shooting this, uh, I'm assuming is gastric. Uh, <laughs> intestinal issue. <laughs> liquid and it was yeah. liquefying everybody that it, that, that, that it touches and uh, they had to do something because they were killing they were just picking them up one by one um, so they took on the air with the Mandalorian suits mm. and they were shooting the crate dragon from the top so that scene is just like I get goosebumps. I mean, just kind of like what I saw in, in season one when all the Mandalorians were flying through the airs and shooting, and it's just oh, that was badass. Oh man, <laughs> it, it was like a unstoppable united force. And then Mando, he has to go out and be Mando. <laughs> <laughs> they apparently the the, the be plan Mando, be Mando and be Nanny. <laughs> Apparently the plan did not work, so Mando oh, got another. South. Yeah, horribly. big time. They exploded this thing. Uh, the uh, K drag, the crate dragon, uh, it didn't do anything because it went back in, on, on onto the ground. So he had another idea, and he said, "Okay, you have the the trigger." He said, "Yeah, here you go." It's like, "Okay, what what uh, what do you what do I do?" I go ahead and call his attention. <laughs> so that was a little funny. He shoots out this missile. And explodes on the on the crate dragon, and the crate dragon is just hauling towards them, and you can tell he's like really nervous. It's like, okay, I called his attention. Now what? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, you take care of the baby, um, and you. What are you gonna do? I don't know yet. So he slams his uh, gas tanks and make them fly through the air, hmm. and he has a bath full of the the. the he has the detonator and he has the bombs in the bath. The bath was trying to escape. He grabbed the rope so he doesn't escape. And the crate dragon just swallowed them both. And I was like, okay, now what? Um, a few minutes later, <clears throat> you see the crate dragon um, resurges from the, from the sand, yeah. from the ground. And he opens his mouth, and we see something very familiar. I don't know if you remember from the episode one on the Mandalorian when they were in the ice, and that thing was, I guess, chewing on his ship, 
and he couldn't take off. Yeah, the thing that looked like a giant walrus uh-huh. with, with a crocodile back. <laughs> yeah. So he used that, that tip of his uh, weapon that is it's kind of like a stun. Yeah, right? it's like a big teaser or something. A taser, yeah. So he used the taser so the crate dragon who would open his mouth, he can fly out and detonate it. Mm-hmm. And that scene, oh my God. <laughs> it, it, it's... it's I couldn't even ex- being able to explain it. It's, it's amazing. It's, it, it's like just a, a must watch. You have to watch. It's like I said, this is Mando be sure. Mando. <laughs> yeah, you know it. So, yeah. here comes the interesting thing. Um, so, they were able to destroy the crate Dragon. Um, I guess they're cutting it up. You know, splitting the, I guess, meat. Um, Mando takes a little bit on his, um, on his um, uh, bike. And um, they have the, uh, I guess there was a pearl in there. Um, a trowel? Pearl? That, that pearl, the, the white pearl that was inside. Oh, so it might be a pearl, <laughs> actually. It's, it's um, apparently... You can make a lightsaber out of that. Okay. But um, the reason why they were excited is because it's very, very valuable. And you would think it would be because it's so hard to kill the crate dragon. Oh, hard to kill. Hard to kill. <laughs> you need like everybody in the fucking planet to take a, take a hit on it. So, you know, they were obviously happy because they could, they could sell it and, uh, and, and, you know, use it to... Uh, make the, their, I guess, not town, but you know, these are they're living like Indians. Uh, which, by the way, um, the Tuscan dra- raiders, I, I feel kind of bad for them because they are native to the uh, to the land, and and they're always. I mean, we they get lost so often. Well, they, they everybody takes their land. It, you know, they it's like they get a, they get abused. Oh my god. <laughs> so uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you feel the same way. I, I just kind of feel bad for them. Um, but going back to what I was saying is, <clears throat> we see Mando, you know, riding away to the sunset or the sunsets, because uh, yeah. that's what time to eat. They had the, the two suns, <laughs> and now we see a silhouette of a figure looking at Mando. And when he turns around, um, I see a clone trooper. A clone trooper. The face of the you know the clones from the clone from the Clone Wars. That's at the end of the episode, right? That's the end of the episode. And you see, when you show me his face, I was kind of dying inside because I was like, "Oh crap! This is another one that I should have known, but I am clueless as to." Who the heck is this guy? When you mentioned it to me and you showed it to me, I was like, whoa, okay. Now, that scene has me with tons of questions. Oh, why? Well, as you know, the clones for they use for the Clone Wars where um, they, were, they were actually cloned from Django Fett. 
Okay. And we all know Jenga Fett died because um uh, of age. No, no, they they cut his. Um, I think it was oh, Wins, Wins Mindu cut his head off oh, in front shit. of uh, Boba Fett. Oh man, Boba Fett Sad was a clone. So they all look the same. Their face will look all the same because they're clones. Oh my god! So question that left me uh, behind was: Is this a clone soldier? Uh, that was left behind because you know after the war they kind of just went on their own whichever whoever survived just kind of kept to their own yeah uh hidden and we know this because of the um the clone wars i don't know if you ever seen that show which i also recommend it um now the one that i want to believe the most is that this is actually both a fet now, if that is in fact Boba Fett, because he was last seen, obviously, in Tatooine, um, obviously, he died, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. So if this is actually him, how did he survive uh, the inside of that sandworm? Yeah, that's true. And, and that was something that I was like, what? Because... In this episode, when he finishes it off, he's covered on that crap. Yeah. Not even the clothes are burning. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, obviously, I want it to be. I More want it realistic. To be, well, what I meant to say is that I, I want it to be Buffa Fett. Be, only because of the, the fanboy in me. And, okay. And I'm sure a lot of people would love to see that character. Uh, again, chances are very iconic character, but knowing the history of this show, we don't know what to expect. So I'm really curious to see what you guys think. I am, I am so geeking out with this thing. And if this is Boba Fett, oh my God, <laughs> that would be interesting to see you and I touched some pointers about why could he be and why not, but it will be highly interesting. Even to know what happened before the armor got swollen. Yeah, I I really would. I mean, it's more realistically. Uh, it's more. It's more realistic to think that this is a clone that was left behind from the war. You know, but you know, yes and no. Because I mean, they had the the clones were. Maybe they're not as realistic because they were supposed to age fast because uh-huh. they needed to create soldiers for the war. So my question is, if this is a um, a, a clone soldier, uh-huh. would they be older? Or see, I have so many questions. Yeah, <laughs> it's a tricky terrain. It's a tricky terrain because you cannot really tell unless you get a full background of where that com- clone came from. And when was it created or born? I am definitely sure we're going to hear more about it in in, in future episodes. But I am really curious to see what you guys think. Um, I was like, I was breathless when I saw that scene. It's just my my brain was going 10 million miles a minute trying to figure out what, you know, what was I, what is it that I'm seeing? Mm-hmm. You know, and and, the, and and again, the fanboy in me wanted to be Boba Fett. Yeah. So bad. <laughs> no, no, and you mentioned it several times throughout what we were watching. Uh, 
But that's the messed up part about this episode in specific. It was so good, yet, like, something that I wanted to mention is, like, compared to what we were watching all the way to episode 8, we were following a narrative mm-hmm. on something that is going on. And now, for this episode, it's like kind of shift. Yes, they continue to search for the kind of Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But other than that, they are not involved in the same first planet where they were with the same people anymore. Yeah. yeah. So, like, the whole scenery changed. And then he went there to get a Mandalorian. He ended up getting something else. Yeah. Completely yeah. completely unrelated. Nothing to do yeah. with the mission, really. Yeah. But, you know, I guess that's part of, like, you know, trying to gather the clues and, and try to eventually... You know, I like to think that he's going to find what he's looking for. No, I agree. And but, um, chances are, and this is something that he probably is going to give us an aha moment. Uh-huh. It's sometimes, you know, like how, where shows are very good and you kind of get lost into what's going on. And then, poof, he just jives in perfectly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the end of the episode or in the middle of it, and it just picks up wherever it left. Yeah. So yeah. I know this is going to happen with this crap. Oh, you know it. This is only the first episode of the season. And, um, I mean, there's so many things uh, being rumored. Um, we know that apparently Ahsoka is going to show up. Uh, there's rumors that um, Ezra Bridger is going to show up. Also, who's the one that is the Sabine? Sabine is going to show up, uh, and uh, and again, uh, I'm a fanboy. I, I want all of those to show up. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> make it make the show a lot more exciting. Yeah, yeah. Not like it is not exciting. It is. So you know, I am. I I invite every one of you to. If you want to keep on this discussion, um, to join us in our Discord channel, you'll find the link on our description. Um, and and let's, I'm really curious to hear from you guys or reach out to us on Twitter at sci fi remnant and uh, let's let's discuss this. I'm, I'm you know, I'm really pumped for this season. Heck yeah, just reach out and let us know. Well, this is the end of our show for now. Please let us know if you like this episode. And if you have any ideas about which topics you would like us to discuss for the next episode, just let us know. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at SciFiRemnant. And if you like this podcast, please share it. And don't forget to rate us on your favorite podcast platform. This will help us grow. Thank you. See you next time. This is Science Fiction Remnant, signing off. <laughs>